The New Grad Physio podcast is hosted by Andy Barker, consultant MSK and sports physiotherapist, private practice owner and the founder of The New Grad Physio. Having experienced his own rapid rise from student to dream job just 15 months after graduating, Andy knows exactly what it takes to accelerate your skills and fly up the promotion ladder faster than you ever thought possible. Having previously worked in his dream role at the Leeds Rhinos as the head of physio and rehab, Andy now consults with a number of individual elite athletes and within professional rugby, football and dance whilst running his own group of private practice clinics. He started the new grad physio to help student and new grad therapists just like you overcome the specific challenges you face at the start of your therapy career helping you to dodge the common pitfalls that can cause confusion and overwhelm with your clinical practice and stop you getting the patient results and the jobs or promotions you deserve. This podcast will deliver you actionable advice, will help you make sense of your patient assessments, reason your treatments and patient rehab to get results well beyond your level of experience. You will also discover what you need to do to open doors, to create opportunities for yourself so you can enjoy the best possible start to life as a new grad physio. So, let's get started. Hey, it's Andy Barker, your host of the new grad physio podcast. So, jumping on to this week's episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about the the dark side of of sport and and what I mean um, about that. I want to talk about some of the, the hardest things and I guess sometimes some of the things that, that nobody tells you about um, about working in professional sports. I guess it's all the no, it's all the other stuff um, aside from everything you see on the on the TV, on, on Sky Sports and BT Sport, etc. You see all the glitz, you see all the glam, you see a physio running, you know, onto the field in front of 60, 70, 80,000 people. You've probably seen some of these you know, documentaries where you're behind the scenes and it and it looks looks pretty good. And, you know, I, I want to start by saying it is, you know, some of, you know, my best moments, um, not only in my career, but in, in my actual life, um, I relate to work and relate to my, the, the opportunities and some experiences that I've had working in sport. I remember my first full year as the head physio at the Leeds Rhinos, I was, you know, just over a year out of university and, and sort of, you know, fast-tracked um, my early career, particularly in, in professional sport and within the within the Leeds Rhinos club. And 2012, my first full year as the head physio, um, which, and it was really challenging, you know, on the pitch, we had a great season, we won the World Club Challenge, we got to uh, the Challenge Cup final, albeit we got beat, and then we made the grand final from fifth place, so through a playoff system. Got to the big game at the end of the season at Old Trafford and we won. We beat the team that had beat us um, six, seven weeks earlier um, in the Challenge Cup final to, to win the, the grand final. So on the pitch, as seasons go, you you probably couldn't write it uh, any, any better really. But it wasn't without challenges and some of those challenges I want to talk about. 2015, with the same club, with the Leeds Rhinos, we won the domestic treble. Um, that's only been done once before in the Super League era, which was nine years previously. Last year, 
Um, I, you know, last couple of years I've had an opportunity to to work with the England rugby senior team, and last year we went to Australia uh, for just over four weeks, which was fantastic. I've been fortunate to go to Australia previously, um, but to go there um, in that sort of capacity and travel around the country, come back with a series win, two one against the Aussies is always is always nice. And then just as this episode goes live, um, I will actually be four. Five days into um, World Cup camp with again with England rugby gearing up for this year's big tournament, the World Cup that's happening in September in France. So super exciting! But that's all the good stuff. And that you know, if I did a podcast, uh, wrote a newsletter, blog, and, and told you about all this great stuff, I hope it would um, inspire you know if you want to get to the you know the top end of, of sport or even in in a different career you know in private practice or the NHS you strive to want to you know be the best get the best out of yourself I hope that proves as as inspiration because I'm a pretty normal guy um I'm from Leeds in the north of England went to uni um I got a good good degree but I had to work extremely hard I don't think I'm naturally bright um if you if I ever tested my IQ I don't think it particularly that high um but with some hard work and effort and the right support around me um, I would like to say that I've been pretty successful so far, and I always think if uh, my career was to end today, you know, I, I was to, you know, get a tap on the shoulder and say, oh, "Andy, your time here is done." I would, you know, if I had, you know, to pause and reflect and think about what's happened so far, um, I'd be pretty happy because I've. One of the main things really was my my dream job was to be the head physio at the Leeds Rhinos, something that I was able to do and, and have done. Um, and also be there during a period of time where we won so many trophies was was absolutely sort of fantastic. So we talk about success. Success for me is having a goal and then being able to achieve it. So I would say up to this point, um, I've had a successful career. However, I'm also super excited about some of the other things that I've potential, you know, um, potentially got in front of me and, and opportunities that may come about and. But 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 that but that all sounds great, and I hope it does, you know, inspire you to to be the best you can and, and get to wherever it is you want to be. But this podcast is actually about the other stuff. It's all the other stuff that nobody tells you about, and I've got three key key things that I want to talk about. Firstly, it's hard work. So you might already know this. You might think you know this, but. I guess to give you a little bit of context, um, I'd had some exposure to sport during my university um, life. Uh, I'd done a placement actually at the Leeds Rhinos um, during my second and third year. So it was in the summer holidays. We had to organise an elective placement, which was wasn't marked, but it was sort of pass or fail. Um, I managed to get it at the Leeds Rhinos, and I did this for two reasons. Um, one reason was because um, that was the team. I'd grown up supporting. Uh, I had a perception at that time I wanted to work in sport, so that for me was the the dream placement. So I was fortunate enough to get that. But secondly, I had all these um, perceptions and thoughts about what I thought working in sport was like. But having not done it before, I was quite conscious that I wanted to actually try it out. And I say this all the time to therapists when I first start working with them. They'll tell me their goals. They'll tell me I want to achieve this and that. And one of my questions back to them is always, 
do you know what that job entails? Do you know what it's really like? What are the good things about that role? What are the bad things about that sort of role? Um, and more often than not, they can't tell me. So like if you were going to buy a car, you wouldn't turn up to the the you know the car place, the whatever you call what do you call them, showroom, and you wouldn't pick a car and say, yep, yeah, sign away, you know, bank card, bank transfer, whatever, pay for it and drive away. You take it for a test drive, wouldn't you? You check it out. You maybe lift the bonnet up and pretend you know what you're looking at, or get or take some with you that does know what they're looking at. Um, and obviously, you'd do a little bit of research, wouldn't you? You'd, you'd look at the market, see if the, the car was, you know, priced appropriately. Was it, you know, you don't want to walk in and pay over the odds for a car that's not 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 worth it. You'd want to see, you know, the MOT certificate, all etc. etc. Service history and all this sort of stuff, you know. But with our own sort of um, careers we don't often do that we jump into a job we'll you know apply for a job accept a job and when we don't really exactly know what it all entails so I always say you know if you're if you think you want to work in a particular area a specialism sport whatever it may be do everything you can and when when you're studying the ideal opportunity but if you've graduated now you know, trying to get some shadowing, some voluntary work in and around that area. So you actually know what it actually looks like because it will definitely open your eyes. And it certainly did for me when I first started in sport. I knew it would be tough and I knew obviously it would be unsociable and some of the hours and I'd had some experiences, you know, throughout my placement. So I'd done the placement and then I actually got asked to stay involved um, with the club. So during my third year, any day I wasn't working or in university, I'd be down at the club a few hours here and there. Um, I didn't at that point know that that would you know lead to a, a job and an offer of full time um, full time role with the first team. Basically, the day after I finished university, I was just learning so much from particularly the two physios who were there at the time. They knew a whole lot more than me uh, at that particular time, so I was just sponging knowledge and knowledge from those guys, asking them questions. Uh, so again. Clearly, the the job at the end of it come the following March. So before I'd I finished my, even finished my degree, um, I was offered a contract with the club, which was fantastic. Um, but had that not happened, I was a hundred times a better physio for that experience, and that time and effort that I put in, um, paid itself back a hundredfold because of, you know, the the level of support I got the people I could actually ask questions to and get answers there and then, the things I was seeing, the things I was learning. But more often, but more than that, it just lit a fire inside me to say, wow, this is this is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I can see some of the downsides, which I'm going to, again, going to talk about now, but you know, it lit a fire inside me saying 100%, this is what I want to do. I've made the, you know, my perception was correct. I want to work in this environment. Had I got in there, it was very different. Again, that might have changed my mind and be like, you know, I'm not too sure. I don't think I'm cut out for this. I think I need to do something first before you know delving into this sort of area of, of physio. But it certainly wasn't like that for me. But again, if you're unsure, you need to get some experience. You need to find out what that environment really likes. But going back to hard work, I thought I sort of understood that a little bit. I appreciate, I, you know, maybe understood that it was going to be unsociable and those things you're going to miss out on and things like that. But I didn't understand probably how hard it was. Uh, and I remember when I first started, so literally straight out of uni, the next day I was in um, in at the club. I actually had some sort of temporary contract to start with because clearly when you graduate, uh, you finish uni, finish your exams, there's a period of time where your exams assignments have to get marked, get ratified by the university. 
that information is then passed to the HCPC to get registered as a physio. So I wasn't actually registered, finished in maybe June, I think it was, middle of June. I didn't actually get all the registration stuff for about 10 to 10, 12 weeks. So I had this temporary um, therapist sort of contract um, during that time. But I literally started the day after my, my last exam. And I thought it'd be hard work. But I remember that first, that summer, um, I worked 46 days, I think it was, without a day off. So from day one, first started, I don't think we had, I think it was just a schedule, how it worked. Uh, part of that was me, again, trying to get grips with what, you know, what it was like day to day. It was very, very different to obviously clearly what I was doing previously as a student and when I was coming in for a few hours here and there. Um, obviously, there was you know, a lot of more responsibility and, and pressure, even as a as, an, as the junior physio, if you like. There was a head physio. I was the assistant first team physio. Um, but again, there was still a lot of a lot of pressure and that sort of physio shirt, if you like, wore pretty heavy. Um, but to work 46 days without a day off, even when I was, you know, sort of in my in my, in my 20s, um, I was absolutely goosed. You know, I, I, I was gassed. It was hard. It was relentless. You know, the pressure I talked about, was was really really hard and you know and that is why you know for some therapists they struggle and maybe sport is is not the environment for them because again in most you know most worlds of work in the physio world you're not going to do four or six days without um a day off you might have done during covid and or something like that during you know if you're on those sort of respiratory wards etc but that's not pretty normal but it is in sport you know every contract i've ever seen in sport you basically sign waivers to say that normal employment law doesn't actually apply. So employment law actually describes or, or stipulates that you can only work a certain number of hours per week. You can only work for a certain number of hours in one particular time. Um, but working sport clearly with travel abroad, you know, all those types of things that that doesn't really work. So you actually sign those things when you when you sign contracts often in sport so I knew all this stuff but I probably didn't just appreciate just how hard work it was the second thing really was around sacrifices so again I probably had an idea of what those maybe what those maybe would would be like but again I couldn't tell you the number of weddings stag do's family events um even as I record this podcast um in an ideal scenario I would be in Spain on a stag do with one of my uh or rugby mates, but um, I'm preparing to go into camp. So obviously, I've, you know, clearly chosen work ahead of ahead of that. But the number of sacrifices that you that you make is, you know, I couldn't count how many and all the things that you do miss. And 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 again, they're really important things. Those family events and things with your friends, um, the special things that you, you're never gonna never you're never gonna get back. You know, you're never gonna you know have my own wedding again. Hopefully, never get married again. Um, you're never gonna go to my friends' weddings again or christenings and you know, stag do's and things like that. And again, you might not think they're that important, but again, if you're working in sport for a long period of time, you'll miss all those all those sort of things. Um, I myself had to get married um, and I go on my honeymoon, etc., around work. So I had to go at a particular time of the year. That was basically the off-season when I was working then in, in rugby. We even, actually, myself and my wife, planned having children around work, <laughs> as daft as that sounds, just because... No, it can be pretty relentless, and the last thing you know, you, you think about, oh, you get two weeks paternity. Um, you, you would, and you would do in a private practice setting. You would do, um, you know, in the NHS for certain, and you can get paternity leave and etc. But it doesn't really work like that in sport. You know, there's 
players, staff, you'll have a child, you'll have one, two days off maybe, and then you're back in work. And that's just how how it is. You know, that's what you sign up to. So again, these are all the things that, again, a lot of people don't actually realise. So I think one of the big pieces of advice I could give you is working in sport is definitely a young man's game. So you want to, and by young man, I also mean young woman. So what I mean by that is if you have any aspirations of working in sport, get into sport as soon as you can. Because again, you might think, you know, you're in your early 20s, you've got loads of time, you can, you know, work on working in NHS for a few years, maybe a bit of private practice work, then maybe start to delve into to sport. But by that time, you'll be you know, probably close to 30. And maybe at that time, you're thinking about getting married, you might already be married, you might you bought property, mortgage, you might be thinking of having a family around late 20s, early 30s. And that's a, a massive game changer. Uh, and what a lot of therapists will find is when all those things start to happen, then change, having a big career change and trying to go into sport, where you're going to have to give up you know, so much of your time, it is not the right time to do it. So again, when you're young, free, you have less commitments, it's certainly much, much easier. So I would encourage you, if that's an area of physio that you want to go and work in, i.e. professional sport, then get your foot in the door get into that environment as soon as you can. To help you out, if you've not seen it, uh, I've actually got a free foot in the door webinar that'll tell you some of the big errors that a lot of therapists make trying to get their foot in the door in professional sport. It's completely free to watch if you head to newgraphysio.com forward slash courses. Just literally pop in your name, email, and it'll give you the, the link to watch it but so so important and the final thing is it can actually be a pretty lonely environment and it's often you don't see that so again you probably picture um again the glitz and the glam you see therapists loving life on the pitch celebrating running around we've obviously just seen um the close of the football season and you see all those you know lovely scenes at you know Wembley with playoff victories and you know, FA Cup finals and uh, Champions League finals, uh, Manchester City, etc. And you see everyone, all the staff jumping around and it, and it's great, but it can be a pretty lonely environment. Um, I found probably my early career, the probably the most difficult, you know, for me. And again, I fast-tracked pretty early to be the head of a physio and rehab at the, the, the Rhinos. And those first few years were actually pretty tough because um, I was then in a position where, I had to lead other people. I was managing a medical department and other people there were looking for me for support. I was always that um, second opinion. I had to make the big decisions. I had to look after, try and look after the staff the best I could and give them the support I needed. But I also needed a lot of support. You know, I was still quite early in my career. Um, there was areas of, of my practice that I knew I needed to be um, better at. So that is why then... Uh, and indeed, I still do now have a mentor that helps me. And I think when you're thinking about working with someone and getting someone to help you out, you need someone to understand the area that you're in, the problems and challenges that you're going through um, right now. And, you know, you need someone that's walked in your shoes, basically. You know, it's all well and good. And, and so many therapists reach out to me. Um, and part of the reason a lot of therapists join join the the, the new graphics membership is for uh, mentorship and one to one support, which you get as um, as a member of the, the new grad physio. But 
often there are other mentorship and you know types of schemes out there but often um, it's more general advice it's, it's someone to bounce ideas off but again you're probably not getting what i would say solid constructive support to actually help you action something to actually move your career forward so again if you're looking at mentorship someone to help you out getting a mentor i think some important considerations are have they actually done what you actually want to achieve if they haven't they might not necessarily be the best mentor for you you always want someone that's two or three steps ahead of you so again i see a lot of mentors new grads offering new grad support and i think it's always you know it's good that you can share your story and someone tell you yeah i know i'm going through the same sort of problems challenges right now but what you actually want is someone who can tell you yep yeah, i've been there this is how you're going to get over that problem. This is what you need to do right now. Someone who is at the same stage as you doesn't really know that. If they did know that, they wouldn't be at the same stage as you now. They wouldn't be having the same problems and challenges as you are right now because they would have found a way to fix them and they could tell you, but they can't. So I think it's always important. Someone who's been in your shoes, someone that's two to three steps ahead of you because they can guide you and help you to overcome your biggest challenges um, right now, but also help you to sort of plan ahead and plan for some of the challenges and problems that you will have coming up in the future most of which um, you probably have no idea um, are actually coming so again if you're looking for some help um, you want to know a little bit more about mentorship how to get to get the right support for you because again the biggest thing about mentorship it's individual it's you know, it's bespoke to you, the problems and challenges you're, you're having are not the same as, as everyone else. That's why mentorship should be one-to-one. That's why I offer, offer one-to-one support as part of the, the New Graph Physio membership, alongside uh, being able to join the membership community, alongside being able to get access to all the clinical and career content within the members portal. So, if you want to find out a little bit more about the membership about getting some support to get you and your career to where you want it to be then please head to newgraphphysio.com forward slash membership as i mentioned in the podcast as this episode goes out um sort of mid-june um 2023 um i'll be in camp so i'm going i'm in camp now um for the rugby world cup and my time over the next four or five months potentially i'm going to be in and out camp for a look for the next couple of months but then pretty much from august hopefully all the way through to the end of october and we get to the world cup final uh, i'm going to be in camp so my time is pretty limited so what you're going to see from me if you're not inside my membership is probably less activity on social media um, i'm not going to be holding any free events like webinars summits um, it's going to be pretty low key because all my time that I've got available outside of you know being in camp is just going to be spent with the members, the therapists that are inside my new grad physio membership. So what I have done is open the doors for a short period of time for the next couple of weeks for therapists like you to to join, and then I'm going to close the doors because then I, I you know I can't keep adding people and adding people and adding people whilst I'm away in camp. It's just too much uh, on me to give you and the help and support um, you need during that period. So again, all my time, all my effort is going to be the guys within 
and membership. It's going to be, you know, you'll see that through the, the content that I'm, that I'm putting out on my socials, etc. So if it's something that you're interested in, maybe you've seen, heard before, you talk about it on the podcast, maybe you get my, you know, email newsletters, etc. And something you you've maybe thought about in the past, but not you know, not taking action for whatever reason, now might be the opportune time to, to find out some more information and join the program. What I will say is if you head to the membership page, newgrowthphysio.com forward slash membership, there's some more information about the membership. Hopefully that will give you all the information you need. But again, if you're unsure, just fill in the application. Uh, that gets sent straight through to, to my email inbox. I'll check it personally, and then I'll reply to you. Um, the reason I, you know, offer or make it an application process is I just need to make sure that the membership is going to work for you. I would never allow anyone to join the program if I didn't feel it was actually going to help them. Because um, why? Why would I do that? I'm all about trying to help people. I had some great help and support as a new grad physio, and I'm trying to pay back and help as many therapists as I can now. So interested want to know more heard enough and want to jump on board head to newgraphphysio.com forward slash membership just finally thanks as always for joining me on the podcast really appreciate your time and attention i always appreciate any feedback so if you've got any for me please leave a review or please just you know let me know what you thought of the podcast share it on your socials do whatever you need to do share it with some one of your friends colleagues in a whatsapp group or whatever it may be and we'll try and help each other out um and that is all so enjoy the rest of your day whatever you've planned and i'll speak to you all again very soon thanks for listening to the new grad physio podcast before you head off i just wanted to make sure you did not miss this alongside his podcast Andy posts a weekly blog on his website www.newgradphysio.com You can access all his blogs and loads more resources like his recent PDF The 5 Breakthrough Steps to Confidently Treat the Shoulder Right Every Time Avoid Mistakes and Stop You Feeling Less Adequate Than Other New Grads This is Andy's most popular resource and has already been accessed by thousands of therapists just like you to get a copy of this PDF or to get more information about Andy's upcoming courses or find out more about his new grad physio membership, head to www.newgradphysio.com. Have a great day and we will catch you on the next podcast episode.